0: focus on headline All right, let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, joining us in the studio today, we have our reporters in Chang'ana and Hong Seung-yeon. Guys, welcome back.
1: Good evening.
0: Good evening evening to you guys. We're going to start things off. First off, the top envoys of South Korea, Japan, and China meeting over the weekend. And there, they agreed to accelerate preparations for the next step of Trilateral Summit. Uh, However, it does seem... It is going to be difficult to hold this summit within this year, uh, which the host country, South Korea, had hoped for. There is even speculation that it was going to happen in December uh, when the top diplomats had met earlier this year. Hannah, start us off with the latest news on the trilateral relations and the prospects for this trilateral summit as well.
1: Sure. Now, Foreign Minister Pak Jin told reporters in Busan on Sunday afternoon that the three countries will accelerate preparations for the trilateral summit after holding a trilateral foreign ministers meeting with Wang Yi, who is the director of the Chinese Communist Party Central Committee Foreign Affairs Commission Office, and Japanese Foreign Minister Yoko Kamikawa. Now, the three ministers reaffirmed their agreement to hold the summit, and which is the uh, pinnacle of the trilateral cooperation system at the earliest mutually uh, convenient time. In September, the three countries agreed at the senior officials meeting to hold the summit at the uh, earliest mutual convenient time, and the agreement between the foreign ministers is interpreted as maintaining the stance and accelerating the opening of the summit. However, PARC did not provide a detailed timeline for the trilateral summit, and it is interpreted as a failure to make a concrete decision at the meeting. Now, with time running out this year, the three countries are reportedly preparing with next year in mind.
0: All right, so it, it seems like there were some mm-hmm. differences, maybe in the expressions of the, the, the Korean, the Japanese, and the Chinese mm-hmm. diplomatic authorities describing these quote-unquote preparations for the trilateral summit. So, Hannah, can you kind of elaborate further on that matter?
1: Sure. Now, the three countries reaffirmed their consensus to hold the summit at the earliest mutually convenient time and decided to accelerate preparations for the next summit, with uh, which is what the South Korean and Japanese foreign ministries said in a press release following the meeting. On the other hand, the Chinese Foreign Ministry said the three countries agreed to create conditions for the summit and accelerate related preparatory work, which means that in China's announcement, the word conditions was added. Well, Wang said that the most important thing is to continue to face history and look to the future, respect each other's development paths and core interests, handle sensitive issues appropriately, and safeguard good bilateral relationships. Adding, uh, we must lay a solid foundation for the full resumption of trilateral cooperation and its stable and long-term operation. And a joint uh, press conference was initially planned for the foreign ministers of the three countries to announce the results, but it was reportedly decided against due to Wang's shortened schedule. Now Wang left the country shortly after the trilateral meeting. And when asked if there was a difference in the way China and Japan approached the summit discussions, the foreign ministry officials said as for the direction China is on the same page. Now, the foreign ministers also discussed the future direction of trilateral cooperation. The South Korean side proposed three main directions, which is to activate the stagnant intergovernmental consultations, to solidify the institutionalization of trilateral cooperation, to identify practical cooperation that the people of the three countries can experience, and to expand the base for trilateral cooperation uh, to contribute to regional stability and prosperity. The three countries also Exchanged views on the regional situation, including the Korean Peninsula and the international situation, including the war between Ukraine and Russia and the armed conflict between Israel and Hamas. In particular, they reaffirmed that uh, peace and stability on the Korean Peninsula is in the common interest of the three countries and the world and decided to continue communication at all levels to resolve the North Korean nuclear issue. Now, uh, South Korea took the lead on the North Korean issue with Japan joining in, while China reportedly briefly stated its basic stance.
0: If you remember, this is something that was supposed to happen on an annual basis. Uh, The leaders of South Korea, China, and Japan uh, joining together for talks. Uh, Interestingly enough, the reason why it kind of fell through before uh, was because of tense bilateral relations between South Korea and Japan. Now that things are okay, uh, you had the pandemic and uh, the stall here, it, it, it's, it's weird because again, it seemed like China was the one that really wanted the discussions back on track, seeing that South Korea and Japan has been inching closer and closer to the United States. Uh, but despite this, again, The differences in the way they're seeing certain wording of it, we'll see what happens here. But nevertheless, uh, we have Foreign Minister Pak Jin and his Japanese counterpart Yoko Kamikawa agreeing on Sunday to continue efforts to enhance bilateral relations in constructive and future-oriented manner. Singan, let's get more on this.
2: Sure. So Foreign Minister Pak Jin and Japanese Foreign Minister Yoko Kamikawa reached an agreement in Busan ahead of the trilateral meeting with their Chinese counterpart Wang Yi. Uh, so Kamikawa landed in Busan, South Korea on Saturday, which is her first visit to the country since taking office in September. So Park and Kamikawa last met on the margins of the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Conference earlier this month in San Francisco. And taking note of the brisk diplomacy bolstered by President Yoon Suk yeols A series of summits with japan's uh, japanese prime minister fumio kishida the two ministers agreed to look for ways to produce tangible results that can be felt by the peoples of the two countries now park and kamikawa exchanged opinions on the south korean appeal court's ruling earlier this week which overturned the lower court's decision and ordered japan to compensate korean victims of japan's wartime sexual slavery and Park reiterated Seoul's position that it respects the 2015 agreement with Japan to settle the issue of comfort women, in which the two countries agreed to, quote-unquote, finally and irreversibly resolve the issue. Minister Park said that both countries should strive to restore the honor and dignity of the victims in the agreement and continue to make efforts toward a constructive and future-oriented relationship.
0: Yeah. So Seoul's foreign ministry coming out saying that they're going to be kind of siding with the 2015 so-called Korea-Japan Comfort Women Agreement was an interesting one. Unfortunately, I was not available last week when I'm sure uh, one of our, uh, I guess, MCs, who, DJs who filled in kind of talked about this on Focus on Headline. But, uh they're kind of going back to the the previous Pakenha administration's agreement, right? And then the Moon administration kind of scrapped this and said, no, no deal, uh, because uh, obviously it didn't get involved with the victims here. And so them kind of openly coming out saying like, listen, we're willing to get this out of the way because I know you're very upset with the Seoul High Court uh, ruling in favor of the victims here. And the last thing that we want is for any further historical issues to kind of get in the way of us further improving our bilateral ties but there's going to be interesting repercussions to the statements that came out there and i'm sure that will all be impacted uh during next year's general assembly and of course the DP. i think right now uh responding to some of the comments being made by the foreign ministry in regards to the 2015 agreement but under the terms of the agreement at tokyo Uh, Said that they're gonna be paying for the atrocities committed during the colonial era. Uh, They pledged to pay 1 billion yen Uh, This is roughly around 8.9 million US dollars to a foundation Dedicating uh, dedicated to assisting the victims here. So tell us a little bit more about this.
2: Sure. So bilateral relations between Seoul and Tokyo have improved significantly since South Korea resolved in March to handle the issue of compensating Korean forced labor victims during Japan's colonial rule of the Korean Peninsula from 1910 to 1945 without uh, re-questioning, uh, the contrib- uh, or requesting contributions from Japan, uh, Japanese corporations. So the de- decision prompted their leaders to resume reciprocal visits. And this year, Yoon and Kishida have met seven times. And they also reviewed North Korea's recent launch of a military surveillance satellite, which they condemned as a severe threat to Northeast Asian peace and a breach of UN Security Council resolutions banning such launches now they agreed to maintain strong coordination on on north korean matters between south korea and japan as well as with the united states uh, their mutual ally including north korea's growing military cooperation with russia so uh, the release of the wastewater from japan's destroyed uh, fukushima nuclear power plant was also discussed as well uh, and they promised to continue working together to carefully manage the discharge and Kamikawa reaffirmed uh, Japan's support for South Korea's bid to host the 2030 World Expo in Busan during the talk. That's
0: right. The uh, Yomiuri Shimbun came out confirming that the Japanese government is fully. Showing full support of uh, Busan hosting the 2030 World Expo, but again, the the controversy surrounding the 2015 agreement uh, is the fact that it was done by the two governments of the then Pakune administration and the then Shinzo Abe administration. And who was it missing from the piece of I guess peace uh, in the discussions that needed there? The victims basically. And that was why it was considered a very highly controversial issue at the time where a lot of the, of course, the the, the victims of forced sexual slavery by the Japanese Imperial Army uh, refused to get any kind of assistance on the matter. But that, of course, being uh, mentioned once again by the foreign ministry uh, in, in hopes to kind of dead any kind of chances of Uh, raising tensions once again between the two countries over historical matters. Uh, In the meantime, Wang Yi, who of course is the Chinese foreign minister, responded to the current situation on the Korean Peninsula, including threats from North Korea, by saying that they're going to continue to play a constructive role on the Korean Peninsula. Hannah, tell us more about the talks between the foreign ministers of South Korea and China.
1: Sure. Sure. Uh, now covering a wide range of issues on the Korean Peninsula including North Korea's recent launch of a military reconnaissance satellite and military cooperation between North Korea and Russia Park called on China to play a constructive role as it is in the common interest of China and North Korea to us uh, st- uh, stop further provocations and come to the path of denuclearization to which Wong replied that he would continue to play a constructive role now Park emphasized that North Korea's launch of military reconnaissance satellite which ignored warnings from the international community is in direct violation of UN Security Council resolutions and threatens South Korea's security he also explained that the government's suspension of the no-fly zone clause in the September 19th inter-Korean military agreement in response to the launch of the military reconnaissance satellite was a minimum defense measure for the safety of the people nevertheless they pointed out that North Korea's response was to make for Further threats and shift blame to the South, saying it would not be bound by the uh, September 19th North-South military agreement. Wang also responded to Park's call for cooperation in ensuring that North Korean defectors are not forcibly repatriated, but are allowed to go where they want to go, extending his previous stance that they should be handled appropriately in accordance with national, international and humanitarian law. The Taiwan issue also came up. Uh, South Korea, uh, South Korean foreign ministry official said that there was an explanation of the position on what China calls its so called core interest, adding that the government's basic position on the issue was explained. China reiterated its demand that South Korea adhere to the so called one China principle, and South Korea reaffirmed that its basic position on Taiwan has not changed. As a close neighbor, uh, a neighbor, uh, Park asked uh, for China support for the 2030 Busan Expo bid, which Wang said he would seriously consider.
0: It's, it's it's so different in the way that Seoul is approaching these discussions with Beijing now. Uh, because if you remember during the previous Moon administration, where they were kind of being a little bit more cautious, uh, thinking maybe they need China's assistance in trying to bring any sort of denuclearization talks with North Korea, they would avoid talks like repatriation uh, mm-hmm. issues, right? Or even Taiwan issues. Uh, but uh, Seoul now, uh, obviously they're not going to cut back on any of this stuff. And I think these are very important issues that need to be discussed with China because China has been very ambiguous uh, over the past few years now uh, and not really being clear-cut on how they're going to continue on and assist in trying to bring i guess uh, north korea back to the negotiating table uh, any sort of uh, path towards peace on the korean Peninsula. none of that is really being uh, set on stone right now under beijing and some of the comments being made in the past few years and so keep pushing for these answers i think it's a big thing here uh in the meantime speaking of north korea the un security council they're going to be convening an emergency meeting on monday local time over in new york uh, this in order to discuss responses to North Korea's launch of that military reconnaissance satellite. Uh, so, let's get more on that.
2: Sure. So, according to a U.N. statement on Sunday, the Security Council will hold talks in New York at 10 a.m. Monday local time at the request of eight members, which includes the United States, Japan and the United Kingdom. South Korea will also participate in the meeting as an interested party. So the meeting comes as UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres strongly condemned North Korea's launch of a spy satellite last week, calling it a violation of UN Security Council resolutions. However, it is unlikely that the meeting will produce tangible results, such as issuing a statement condemning North Korea at the Security Council level or adopting a resolution. So as permanent members of the Security Council, China and Russia have been taking a rather confrontational stance against the United States and the West, supporting North Korea's position, and the Security Council has not been able to provide specific responses such as sanctions, resolutions, or even statements regarding North Korea's ballistic missile and satellite launches since 2018.
0: Like what Russia said in regards to the spy satellite was the funniest in some ways because they were just like like they told you. Like they're they're following international laws. They let China's Coast Guard know that they're going to send this. It. It's not like they're doing this secretively. It's not like you guys didn't send any spy satellites. But again, the problem is, is that under UN Security Council resolutions, they're not allowed to use any sort of ballistic missile technology, which the spy satellite uses. And so, yeah, you're, you're going to continue to see uh, China and uh, Russia take sides uh, for uh, Russia, which is why it's going to be very difficult to get any of these resolutions in place. Uh, let's switch gears here. President Yoon again, very busy. Uh, he's made his trip to the UK. And once his UK trip was done and over with, he went to the French capital of Paris where he met with uh, French President Emmanuel Macron, Uh, held a summit at the Elysee Palace on Friday local time. There, the two leaders agreed on the need for international cooperation against North Korea's continued nuclear and missile provocations. Hannah, let's get more on the meeting between the two leaders.
1: Of course. Now, the summit comes five months after President Yoon's visit to uh, France in June, and President Macron expressed his full solidarity and support in dealing with North Korea. The two leaders also exchanged views on the situation in the Middle East following the israeli mass-armed conflict. Now, According to Kim tae the first deputy director of the NSO, the two presidents also exchanged in-depth views on military cooperation issues between Russia and North Korea, as well as China. The two leaders also decided to strengthen high-level visits and communication between ministries centered on the National Security Council to advance strategic cooperation. Now, the two, le- two leaders praised the active exchanges between the two countries' enterprises, including investments in the fields of secondary batteries and renewable energy, and agreed on the need for cooperation in nuclear power, quantum, uh, startups, and semiconductors. The two leaders agreed to strengthen cooperation on climate change, decarbonization, energy transition and renewable energy development, as well as to enhance cooperation in future high-tech industries. And they also reviewed the status of cooperation in defense and socio-cultural fields. Macron also expressed his support for the carbon-free energy initiative led by the South Korean government. In a statement issued after the summit, the Elysee Palace also explained that the two leaders agreed on the importance of long-term support for Ukraine and firmly condemned North Korea's supply of military equipment to Russia. It also said that the two countries decided to cooperate closely in the fields of space, civilian nuclear energy, quantum physics, and energy transition. Macron also expressed his hope that the ban on French beef imports would be lifted. He also suggested South Korea's close involvement in initiatives in the Indo-Pacific region, including Papua New Guinea, Mongolia, and Bangladesh.
0: Now, as our listener, regular listener, and uh, the unofficial manager of Arirang Radio, Benny, had mentioned earlier in the program, we are one day away from the voting for the 2030 World Expo. We had uh, President Yun se head over to Paris uh, in order to take part in a luncheon, a, a dinner, uh, other uh, meetings with some of the members of the, the, the BIE and so forth, met with them individually, one by one, in order to kind of uh, garner the votes. Well, last-minute campaigning going on here. Prime Minister Han Su, soo he arrived in Paris as well. Uh, he's going to be participating in this week's voting for the 2030 World Expo singhan uh, let's get more on the trip by this time, Prime Minister, and of course, all the things that uh, President Yoon Seger did in order to garner the votes for the World Expo.
2: Sure. So during President Yoon's visit in France, the president attended a dinner, luncheon and reception for representatives from the BIE, the group in charge of supervising the World Expo until the host city is chosen on Tuesday. Now, Yoon stressed that the Busan Expo would be a platform for global solutions and a chance for South Korea to repay the international community for its assistance during South Korea's economic development and emphasize the importance of uh, cultural diversity, development cooperation, and Korea's capacity as a global hub country. And in the meantime, uh, Prime Minister Han Deok-soo also left for France on Sunday to take part in this week's voting for the 2030 World Expo as South Korea competes to host the mega event in the southeastern city of Busan and the host uh, country will be chosen by the 182 member states of the BIE, and uh, the decision will be made during its general assembly on Tuesday local time in Paris, where Pusan will compete against Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and Rome, Italy. Also, Han will meet with delegates from BIE member nations during his five-day stay in Paris, making a last-minute pitch before the voting. And according to his office, Han will outline South Korea's vision for transforming the World Expo into a platform addressing humanity's concerns such as war and conflict, the digital divide and uh, the climate change during these final sessions. And uh, before departing, Han also posted on Facebook, quote, Until the last moment, with an unyielding spirit, I will do my best to deliver joyful news to the grateful people, unquote. So uh, South Korea's candidacy proposes hosting the event between May 1st and October 31st, 2030, with the theme, uh, Transforming Our World, uh, Navigating Toward a Better Future. Now, each of the three candidates will present their World Expo concepts uh, during this General Assembly, followed by a secret ballot voting by government-appointed delegates from member states.
0: Now, this is how it's going to pan out according to some of the experts out there now riyadh is currently in the lead this is what a lot of experts are saying right this is, so saudi arabia has a lot of money they got a lot of money that they're putting into right now and the only thing here is the kicker is that the South Korean government needs to maybe hope that uh, Riyadh doesn't get the two-thirds of the votes that he needs. You need two-thirds of the votes in, or, in or, from uh, the 182 members of the BIE in order for you to get the hosting rights from the first round. If they cannot get two-thirds of the votes, it's going to go into a runoff. Now, the consensus right now, it's, it's changed a lot. There were even at one point where they're saying it's going to be Riyadh, Rome, Busan. Busan wasn't even second. Now, they've kind of taken the second second place role right now, apparently. And so they're saying that if they go into a runoff, a lot of the votes that Rome received, that's going to go over to South Korea and Busan. And then Busan is going to be able to win uh, during a runoff election is what the South Korean government is hoping for, which is why they're also pushing for a lot of these uh, European votes, uh, because not only do the, the European country member uh, there's more European member countries, but a lot of them apparently are kind of shifting towards like if they don't want them, they don't know who they're gonna choose between Riyadh and uh, Busan. They, they're choosing Rome, right? So that all that Rome vote it might head over to uh, South Korea's Busan is what some of the experts are saying. So it's gonna get interesting. And so they're hoping hoping that it goes to a runoff where Riyadh doesn't get two thirds of the votes in the first round, but we know that at least we have one vote that has been solidified mm-hmm. uh, i can say that maybe maybe some years ago uh this might not have happened but yomiori shimbun as i mentioned earlier reported on sunday that the japanese government has solidified its intention to support the south korean government's bid to host the world expo in Pusan in 2030. Uh, hey, let's get more on that
1: sure now, um, as mentioned, Yomiuri Shimbun said that there were uh, strong voices within the Japanese government that initially supported uh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia as the venue due to its ties to the Middle East, including crude oil imports, but the government has since uh, hardened its stance in light of South Korean President Yoon suk efforts to improve relations with Japan. The newspaper noted that the Japanese government also intends to support the current South Korean administration to further improve bilateral relations. And earlier, Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida had reportedly informally conveyed his support for Busan's bid to Yoon during a bilateral summit in September, which coincided with the Group of 20 summit in India. Yomiuri added that the Japanese government intends to share information with South Korea gained from preparing and organizing the Osaka Kansai Expo in 2025 if Busan is selected as the 2030 Expo host. Now, the 2030 Expo venue will be decided by an anonymous vote of the representatives of the BIE member countries at the general assembly in paris on the 28th and as um, sj mentioned busan is currently competing with Riyadh, saudi arabia and rome
0: italy we'll keep a close tab on the race for the 2030 world expo in the meantime let's move on to domestic politics uh, president yun Suk-yeol accepted the resignations of the national intelligence service chief and his two deputies on sunday officially removing the spy agency's top three officers in the midst of a personnel scandal. Uh, sing let's get more on this.
2: Sure. So according to the presidential office, President Yoon accepted the resignations of NIS Director Kim ki First Deputy Director Kwon chun Tech, and Second Deputy Director Kim soo without explaining why they offered resignations or why Yoon accepted them. And the office merely stated that Kim tried to re-establish the NIS's reputation as a country's top security and intelligence agency and build a support system with intelligence institutions of friendly nations. So Yoon chose Hong Jang-won, a former, former diplomatic minister at South Korea's embassy in London, to be the agency's first deputy director and acting NIS chief. And Hwang Wanjin, who has been in charge of the North Korean intelligence at the NIS, was designated as the second deputy director. Hong and Hwang were described by the presidential office as top-notch experts well-versed in international and North Korean intelligence. However, Yoon has not yet nominated Kim's uh, replacement, whose appointment will be subject to a National Assembly confirmation hearing. And uh, the president is thought to be looking for a new commander who can run a tight ship and restore order at the NIS. So with uh, South Korea strengthening its intelligence alliance with the U.S., the NIS's priority is expecting to shift to increasing intelligence collection and analysis on North Korea. Now, the leading candidates are two retired Army generals, Kim Yong-hyun, current head of the Presidential Secur- Security Service, and Lee Jong-sep, uh, former defense minister.
0: In the meantime, President Yoon also improving the appointments of uh, new Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman Kim jong soo on Saturday, uh, making him the first top-ranking military officer from the Navy in about a decade. Hannah, let's get more on that.
1: Sure. Now, according to the presidential office and the JCS, Naval Operations Commander Vice Admiral Kim was appointed as the new JCS chief without a confirmation report from the National Assembly. Kim underwent a parliamentary confirmation hearing earlier this month but failed to win the approval of the main opposition Democratic Party, which raised accusations that Kim had traded stock during working hours and played golf when North Korea launched an intercontinental ballistic missile. The DP also took issue with allegations uh, Kim's daughter was involved in a school bullying case 11 years ago, claiming the daughter was one of six perpetrators who inflicted violence but received the lightest penalty. It is the first time in 10 years that a Navy officer has been appointed to the top military post sit at, since Admiral Che Yun-hee, uh, who served as the JCS chairman from 2013 to 2015. And by law, the National Assembly is required to to complete a confirmation hearing and send the president a report within 20 days of a hearing demand being made. And if Parliament fails to issue a report on the confirmation hearing over the period, the president may ask the uh, National Assembly to again try and do so over an additional period of up to 10 days. As Parliament failed to issue a report before the requested deadline of Friday, Yun appointing Kim without a parliamentary report, making him the 20th ministerial level official the President. Has pointed without a confirmation report.
0: All right, meantime, uh, let's move on over to the Middle East. Hamas having released 17 hostages uh, in exchange for 39 Palestinians held captive at uh, Israeli detention centers, this on the third day of the agreed four day temporary ceasefire. Sinha, let's get more on the the hostage uh, release there.
2: Sure. Uh, While the Palestinian military group hinted at possibly extending the ceasefire to release more hostages, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu stressed he's open to the idea, but the war war will continue full power once the ceasefire ends. So on the third day of hostage releases on Sunday, Hamas released 17 hostages, including 13 Israelis in exchange for 39 Palestinians who had been held at Israeli detention centers and 33 of the Palestinians released by Israel were minors. Now, the exchange came despite a delay, delay of several hours after Hamas accused Israel of violating the agreement, but the issue was resolved through the mediation of Qatar and Egypt. And the New York Times reported on the harsh conditions that the hostages uh, faced through the stories of relatives who had, been, uh, who had spoken to those released by Hamas. The newspaper reported that the hostages li- leaveed, uh, lived in complete isolation from the outside world and returned looking emaciated.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're talking about, uh, you know, they're basically living off of rice and bread. Some of them couldn't even eat for days. And I uh, saw that... Uh... Uh, they were losing something like six to eight kilograms uh, during the ordeal. But President Biden also mentioned this as well. One of the more, I guess, sadder stories amongst the hostage released was a four-year-old uh, American girl. Uh, Biden, of course, mentioned that. And also we got a little bit more updates on what's to, what's ahead with just, again, a day of ceasefire uh, left right now so far. out, let's get more.
2: So U.S. President Joe Biden also called on the need to extend the ceasefire so that more hostages can be released moving forward. Also, the Associated Press reports that Hamas is willing to release more hostages in exchange for the extended ceasefire. And citing sources close to the Palestinian military group, they are willing to release an additional 20 to 40 hostages. And with uh, 58 hostages being released in the first three days of the four-day temporary ceasefire so far, it's still short of the reported 240 people taken captive by Hamas on October 3rd. 7th. Meanwhile, in a video statement to President Biden, uh, Israel, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said he is open to extending the current ceasefire, but once it's over, the military ground operation will return in full force. Now, according to the Prime Minister, while the current four-day agreement can be extended to allow for more hostages to be released, he stressed uh, that at the end of the deal, Israel would continue its operation to destroy Hamas.
0: Again, it, it's, uh, you know, what what does Hamas want? What does Israel want? But it doesn't seem like right now uh, Israel is going to back away, even with, I guess, these uh, hostage releases. And mind you, again, they're only getting about 50 or so plus hostages and there's still so many left. And I think Hamas, they're trying to buy time. And Israel, knowing that Hamas is trying to buy time, isn't willing to give up too much of uh, ceasefire uh, days there. But uh, it's uh, it's dragging on. Uh, the, many experts are saying that this uh, armed conflict may take months and months. Uh, it's not going to be like uh, the, the ordeal over in Ukraine. It's not going to be like that. Uh, but it really is unfortunate to, to see again, more and more of these uh, innocent civilians and in their lives being taken because of this. Uh, let's talk about uh, a gentleman that at uh, one point uh, all of us talked about for so long, Togon, uh, He's, of course, in Montenegro uh, after he was caught being on the run there, although he said he was never on the run. Uh, Montenegro encroached has uh, granted the extradition of Duoguan, who is, of course, the co-founder of the Cryptocurrency from Terra- Terraform Labs to either South Korea or the United States. Hannah, round us out. Uh, what do you have on that?
1: Sure. Now, the Basic Court in Podgorica announced on its website Friday that the final decision on the extradition will be made by the Montenegrin justice, uh, justice minister after Quan serves a four-month prison sentence in Montenegro for document forgery. Now, the disgraced entrepreneur had been on the run after fleeing South Korea while under investigation in connection with the crash of the Terraform Labs Terra USD and Luna coins in May last year, estimated to have wiped out nearly 50. Trillion one, which is equivalent to $38 billion in market value. South Korean prosecutors have since sought an arrest warrant for Kwon on allegations that include providing false information to investors and violating the capital market law. Interpol also issued a red notice, which is used for the highest level of wanted suspects and criminals, and his passport has since been invalidated. Kwon is also wanted by the U.S., where he was charged with fraud by federal prosecutors in New York.
0: You know the interesting thing with this is that normally in a case where two countries might be fighting over an extradition of a like uh, an alleged criminal, uh, each country wants them, right? And so like, mm-hmm. but then the weird thing with this is like South Koreans, especially a lot of the investors, they're going like, listen, we want the United States to take over. We want the United States to basically <laughs> extradite to Doegwon mm-hmm. because we know that if he goes over to the United States, that there's going to be harsher punishments there right. compared to the South Korean prisons, and so. It's, it's it's rare to see situations like this. But again, it seems like things are panning out right now, whether or not he goes to United States or South Korea. We'll see. Keep a keep a close tab on this. But for now, guys, thank you very much for your uh, reports today. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you guys again. Thank you. You can listen to Korea Now with me, SJ Lee, by downloading the Arirang Radio application or tune in online by visiting www.arirangradio.com. So make sure you tune in Mondays through Fridays, 6pm to 8pm, Korea time.